Ladies and gentlemen, Real Paranormal Activity is proud to present Terry's Mysterious Moments. Good evening, and welcome to Terry's Mysterious Moments. I want to take this opportunity to thank you for listening to the program. Now, on with tonight's show. Good evening, everyone. This is Terry from Texas with episode 20 of Terry's Mysterious Moments. Tonight, I would like to talk about sea serpents, sea monsters things of the ocean. The ocean has a great fascination for humanity because, number one, it's very mysterious. It has not been really explored well. It raises fears in some. It raises excitement in others. A sense of adventure to go out on the open water where they don't know where anything is except, I mean, except by map and, and compass but they have no idea what's swimming below them in the depths. I remember when I was a child, we had a collection of Funk and Wagnall pictorial dictionaries, encyclopedias, um, kind of a mix for, for youth and children. And when I would get to the deep sea fish section of that bo- of those books... I would not want to touch anything but the edge of the page for fear that one of these things would reach out and get me. So you see, even on paper, people have a fear of the ocean, um, a fear of the things in the ocean. Some of the the uh, sea monsters that are talked about, uh, we know from movies the kraken from pirates of the caribbean and from um and clash of the titans that really big incredibly ugly huge octopus like creature uh, was it an octopus or was it a squid whatever it was it had way too many arms to please me uh, we think of mermaids, mermen, that very possibly could have been manatees in the Florida area from the adventurers coming over by boat from the old world. They would see these manatees and attribute human characteristics to them. Um, dugongs i'm i'm not sure what they would see seals sea lions um walruses you know who knows what they would see and they would attribute things to them like they used to call um giraffes camel leopards because they look like camels and had spots like leopards um different things like that we have 
of course, the well-known creatures like Cadborosaurus in the Pacific Northwest. It has a, a great um, history with the First Nations in Alaska. Um, there have been over 300 sightings in around 200 years. Uh, Cadborosaurus is one of the typical looks like a dinosaur kind of things. Um, there is a creature over in Cyprus, and I believe it's called the Ayaya Napa, and it, according to one description, it's a, a multi-armed, multi-headed beast. Um, I'm thinking it may have just been an octopus that was seen and attributed to these monstrous things, monstrous descriptions. Champy up in Lake Champlain, New York, Vermont, and Canada. Uh, again, a serpentine, long-necked, big-headed thing. Um, there have been over 300 sightings since Native American times. Uh, Native American is a misnomer. I would say early Americans because they had to come from somewhere else. <coughs> Excuse me, the Iroquois and the Abenaki. Indians both spoke of this creature in Lake Champlain. Apparently, Champy is not a bad thing. Chessie of the Chesapeake Bay. Hey, don't have to be real creative. If it was George Lake, they would call him Monster Georgie. But Chessie of Chesapeake Bay is, is a very similar. Uh, the long-necked, almost dinosaurish uh, creature of course we know of Nessie from Loch Ness uh, Nessie has been the focus of many scientific expeditions they have used soundings they have used side looking radar they have tried to dive in the depths but the water so murky they couldn't really see anything they did get some pictures some years ago that showed I believe it was two large flipper like objects and based on that description and those pictures they think it may be a plesiosaur I believe is what it's called um, a water dwelling dinosaur that somehow lived through extinction and resides in the bottom of Lake Loch Ness. <clears throat> there's a there's a sound-alike creature in Japan on Kyushu Island. It's called Issy. It's in Lake Aikida, again on Kyushu Island. It's a it's described pretty much the same way. Ogopogo. Okanagan Lake in British Columbia, Canada. He's a pretty famous little critter. First Nations have viewed him since the 19th century. Stories have circulated about Ogopogo showing up. In the Caribbean, they have one called Luska. Uh, Luska may be simply 
big globs of whale fat that have washed ashore or it could be a large octopus uh, it can be described as both ways they they call some of these things um, some kind of glob uh, thing but to go on there's one off the coast of Cornwall England which is in the south east, southwest of England and it's called the Morgar and Morgar um, is a little differently described he's more like a big seal looking thing much of our I don't want to say horror because that's not really what I'm looking for much of our science fiction type creatures come from the ocean uh, just today I was watching the, the movie Pacific Rim where the creatures coming up from a rift in the ocean floor were called uh, the kaiju and they apparently got larger as time went on so that the later ones were really bad creatures none of them were good but apparently the larger they got the harder it was to kill them um, like I said we have we have the historic sea monsters uh, 20,000 leagues under the sea has the giant octopus or squid attacking a ship uh, reports of enormously giant squid off the coast of Australia I believe it is uh, huge huge things the creature creature from uh, Cloverfield was supposedly described as a as a um, sea creature uh, we have Godzilla who for whatever reason likes to travel in the ocean um, we have others of a little bit more saner descriptions like Moby Dick the great white whale of of uh, the fiction um, Jaws, the giant great white shark that almost shut off Amity Island's tourist trade forever. We can even go into Saturday morning TV for children. I remember Beanie and Cecil. Cecil was a sea monster. Uh, in later years, in the 70s, there was Sigmund and the Sea Monsters. Little seaweed-covered dumplings that walked around and talked with funny accents. The sea holds a great fascination for us, like I said, because we don't know what's in it. We don't know everything that's there. Uh, pretty much the earth, the, the dry ground, has been checked out and searched and researched and investigated and discovered but the ocean holds so many so many things that we don't know about do I think all these sea monsters are true I don't know I, I don't think many of them are I think many of them are simply misidentified but by the same token I don't want to say that because someone saw something once doesn't mean it wasn't there i don't want to i don't want to take away from someone's story if they had a personal 
uh, visual contact on something. I wasn't there, so I can't tell you. I can't say yay or nay. But I think it's interesting that we have, in the old days, before there was widespread uh, attempts to travel to the New World or find new paths to China, and they would leave the western coast of Europe, and they had maps that had sea monsters on them, you know, serpentine, dragon-looking things, and they didn't know if that was real or not. They, they believed it was. Now, imagine, if you will, seeing, say, a pod of 20 dolphins. I don't know how big a pod is, but a pod of 20 dolphins running alongside your ship, and they're all breaching the surface and going right back under. What do you see? You see a bunch of humps. So you think maybe it's a long creature you know anything's anything's possible out there when when people see something they've never seen before like i said when when early explorers saw a giraffe they called it a camel leopard simply because it looked like a camel and had spots like a leopard so different things like this the the theory that the rhinoceros gave rise to um the the horses with the horns, uh, unicorns, that you see a unicorn as a beautiful creature, you look at a rhinoceros and go, eh, no way could they have gotten that one mixed up. But apparently these guys used imagination, as they were describing, in order to draw more people into exploration, in order to make their story sound better. Um, you know, like I said, mermen, merwomen, mer mermaids mermaids uh, were very possibly simply um, you know sea cows and and uh, maybe even seals you know because the seals have a somewhat human face and and uh, it's just it's just really interesting to me that we have so many legends of so many creatures out in the ocean so many of them sound alike. I remember reading a story um, about the Vietnam War. And I do not remember what country these people, these soldiers were in. But they were taking a break by a river. And one of the guys yelled out, there's a sea monster coming. And they looked up and here are these red plumes above the water. And they see this undulating shape about 20 or 30 feet long. And it was a fish. And it's, it's got a lot of different names. Uh, I guess mainly because of people um, from different areas have different names for them. But these things are, are very long, very slender fish that have these red plumes around their heads. And... When people would see them, they would think, wow, that's a sea monster. That's a dragon. And, of course, it's not. It's just a fish. So there are, there are many sea monsters, sea serpents, sea creatures that are described throughout history. 
some of them are probably pretty dead on as far as physical descriptions go, but maybe a little misguided in how they're named. But again, the fascination of the ocean. I don't want to go out onto it because I'm deathly afraid of, of deep water. But those folks that go out and do investigations on the ocean are people that I admire. Um, people like Jacques Cousteau and his crew, his family, other investigators that go out to find what kind of sea life is there. They make new finds all the time. Um, and some of them are very odd-looking creatures. Some of them are very beautiful creatures. Uh, some of them are very scary creatures. The draw of the ocean has existed as long as man has. Uh, maybe the fear kept them off of the ocean for the first few thousand years. But then there was some brave soul that made a boat or a raft and got out on the water and braved the stories of these sea serpents and found out that there were indeed monsters out there, but they weren't as bad as they were described. So, sea serpents, sea monsters, Loch Ness, Nessie, Chessie, Champ, Ogopogo, all of these creatures have supposedly been sighted. People have seen things. Whether it was a form of hypnosis, they went looking for something, so they saw it. Or if it was actually something swimming out in the water, and they saw that. I don't know. I would like to believe that some of these things are real. Others I don't want to come face to face with while swimming in the ocean. I remember my wife and I were on a vacation to Georgia one time. Now, I wanted to go to Savannah because it's on the coast. And I wanted to go to the Atlantic Ocean. Because to me, swimming in the Gulf of Texas, of uh, the Gulf of Mexico, sorry, <laughs> proud of my state, the Gulf of Mexico is one thing. But to swim in the actual Atlantic Ocean was a dream of mine. So I did. I got out about neck deep in the Atlantic Ocean. And something brushed my leg. And I think I came up out of that water and did a pretty good job of running on the top of it until I got to the shore. Caught up with my wife who was picking up seashells on the shore. And a little bit later, up the, up the beach from where I'd gone in, a man had caught a small manta ray. Uh, about a foot and a half, foot and a half across. And I'm thinking with the way the current was running, that may have been what brushed my foot. At least that's what I'm telling myself. It have been since then. But he released it back into the wild, back into the ocean. And one more little sea creature back in the water. Well, I know this was kind of a rambling situation, talking about sea monsters and, and uh, just giving some names and some different things. Maybe something you want to look up, you want to research, you want to look at, see what the different stories are. Uh, 
just know that these things are in our history. Whether they're factual or not, they're in our history. They're in our movies. They're in our television. They're in our fiction. They're in our nonfiction. So, if you like what you hear, you know, give me a comment. If you want to talk more about it, give me a comment. If you've had any sightings, give me a comment. I would like to hear if you've seen anything out in the water. You can contact me at Terry's Mysterious Moments on Facebook or at Terry's Mysterious Moments at gmail.com. That's Terry's Mysterious Moments on Facebook or Terry's Mysterious Moments on at gmail.com. Let me hear from you folks. Thanks for listening. Good night.